Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Oh, good afternoon, everyone. My name's Alex Jones, and I'm the Program Manager at the Equity Foundation. And today I have the pleasure of introducing our special guests, Lee Nemo from Screen Australia and Jane Wash, Equity Member. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I want to take a minute to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super. Media Super has supported the foundation since our beginning in the early 2000s. They are your industry super fund and they can help you with your superannuation and provide you with financial advice. They are fully equipped to assist with you building your superannuation, so please don't hesitate to contact them. And of course, contact me if you don't have the relevant contact details. Okay, so over to you, Lee and Jane. Wonderful. Thank you, Alex. Hello, everyone, and welcome. What a treat to have you all here. I'm so happy that I get to see everyone's smiling faces. What a treat from this. Oh, no, it's day two of, of Freedom Day. So, you know, we're out in the real world now, except for, for you, Lee. You're chiming in from Melbourne, are you? Yes, uh, still, you know, housebound, but that's all right. Um, it just means that first coffee in a cafe will taste uh, even sweeter. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. I had a massage today, which, of it, which was a very lush experience. Um, FYI, sorry to make you jealous, Lee. Now, congratulations um, on the massage. Let me say. <laughs> awesome. So maybe we'll just jump straight in. For everyone, my name is Jane. I'm a Sydney-based actor, uh, comedian, improviser. And yeah, I've been an equity member for a number of years and am part of the programming committee for equity. And I think that especially during COVID, it's sort of struck home. And for you know, it's been coming forever, but the idea of creatives and actors wanting to um, also be content creators and makers in their own right and and wanting to kind of find the steps um, that they might need to take to get in the right direction. So we have the pleasure of chatting with Lee today. So Lee, uh, maybe we'll just launch in by getting a bit of your backstory. So you, you're a comic actor creator in your own right. Yeah, I think it's probably now at the point where I should say former comic. <laughs> no, hold on to the dream. <laughs> Um, so I was part of a group called the Axis of Awesome. We were a live comedy band and, and had a number of online hits, particularly with a song, the Four Chord Song, which went viral a, a bunch of times. It, it still even keeps going viral every couple of years. Um, it's that kind of song. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't know, go check it out, I guess. Check if it you want out. To. I've seen it. Um, but that kind of led us into, I guess, building a big online following a little bit in the earlier days of YouTube when, when full disclosure was a lot easier to do that. It felt like you could kind of almost stumble into, um, you know, notoriety online. Um, but that led us to, you know, to touring around the world and to kind of getting on the radar of funding bodies like Screen Australia and organisations like ABC. So we came through the first iteration of Fresh Blood with Screen Knowles and ABC. Um, we then came through Skip Ahead, which was between Screen Australia and YouTube. And then um, the lead singer of the band, Jordan, and I also got funding for a sketch series called Insert Coin that, um, that got funding through Screen Australia. It was a 52-part uh, video game-based sketch series. 
Um, so I kind of had experience on that side of content creation, but because of the way that I, my, my role in the band and the group, I was typically the producer and the, the more organized or maybe the less unorganized one of the three of us, I would do the heavy lifting on our tours and the production and the scheduling and the, you know, the communication. So kind of fell into producing the web content that we created. Um, we engaged some other producers. We worked with a few great producers in, in Sydney when we were up there, but then as time went on, I kind of leveled up and was able to, to be the producer on those projects. And yeah, then when this job came up, the band was kind of winding down. I applied and I've been here for three and a half years now in the kind of the role of uh, now senior investment manager in the online team. And that team is growing, uh, which is great because our funding allocation is growing as well. And we're able to support more content creators. But I find it really valuable to have been on the other side and to be able to know what I knew and what I didn't know when I was out there making content and the, the amount that um, people in this space, emerging creators just kind of need you know, need that that extra bit of love and, and uh, enjoy giving it to people in terms of talking through the guidelines and what we're looking for and what might make a more competitive application. Uh, so that's that's my um, origin story. Right. Maybe just kicking off, when you say online, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of blurry these days because does online mean iView? Does it mean just YouTube? Does it mean Facebook? Like what specifically is the kind of, online that we're talking of when we speak of funding yeah great question and it, it is very blurry you're right I, I guess it's broad and there is some overlap with tv as well as we move into the streaming world i think one of the first projects that was like all of the series all of the series was released online at once was squinters on iview which wasn't even that long ago but uh, yeah, okay. now it's almost a matter of course that everything is on a catch-up service everything has an online element to it mm -hmm. i guess the the Remit for the online department is typically projects that have a first release on some kind of online platform. And then the difference when we, we do fund some TV projects, they're typically lower budget TV projects where the license fee, there's a bit of, I don't want to get too much down the rabbit hole of license fees, but there's a minimum license fee for TV content. If it doesn't meet that minimum license fee, then sometimes broadcasters or platforms may come through the online fund at Screen Australia. Um, but I guess the difference in our fund and the TV fund is we have a cap of $500,000 per project in online and TV has a cap of $2 million. So obviously right. it's often more ex um, uh, in best interest of the project to go through the TV door mm -hmm. and we fund lower budget stuff. But our, our bread and butter is online web series that are typically yep. smaller amounts of content. Six episodes seems to be a pretty standard um, episode length, but that that changes with every project. We funded some projects that are two episodes and some that might be 52 in the case of Insert Coin. So they can live on any kind of platform. Typically we find the approach is best when you your project and your creative meets the, the audience and the expectations of that platform. So something created for Instagram would look very different for something created for YouTube, for example. Yeah. Or nowadays TikTok being vertical, that would just have a complete different production methodology and creative um, development process to something going on ABC iView. So yes, iView on demand. We do a lot of stuff with SPS on demand. We've got our digital originals partnership with that team there, which is fantastic. It's a great pathway for, um, I guess, higher budget stuff through my fund. Yep. And then we do a lot of stuff where it's a self-release on something like YouTube, Facebook, Loving the stuff we're doing with TikTok at the moment, doing some really interesting stuff on TikTok. It's, a, it's uh, even more of a bit of Wild West than YouTube. <laughs> but yeah, we're always looking for new platforms. We had for a, a hot second there some idea that we'd work with Quibi and then they um, disappeared as quickly as they came. For those of you who, who followed that um, incredible saga of like billions of dollars in mm. this company that just didn't have the content behind it, which I think is a great lesson that like 
again, not to go down the rabbit hole, but the, you, you've got to have great content to find that audience. First yeah. and, foremost. and and with those with those platforms, something like TikTok or YouTube, is there is there a market there? Is that is there a way for people to to make money on on those platforms, or is it more just sort of a a first step into then reaching, I guess, stations and more commercial kind of outlets? Look, it's definitely really difficult to make money on those kind of platforms. The kind of creators who are tend to not necessarily be operating in the scripted narrative space or mm. the documentary space. It tends to be more, yeah. you know, um, a creator that we had that we we're working with, Chloe Ting. She's a fitness vlogger. She had a, a million subscribers on YouTube before the pandemic, and now she has like 16 or 22 million, something crazy like that, because obviously everyone wants workout videos. Without knowing the details <laughs> of it, <Not> she will... <laughs> no, same here. Um, but she she would have a she's kind of a business and an empire into herself. So there's there's a yeah. monetization avenue through that through that building yeah. an audience. But her content is obviously very high high volume and low cost. Um, yeah, where right. scripted narrative is the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I do see a lot of the um, place of my department to be a, almost a proof of concept or a proof of yeah. ability right. for creators to go look at what I can make with a budget with a certain production values look at the stories I can tell and look, you know, I've got the attention of Screen Australia, maybe the next, maybe, maybe that will, as you said, be a, a stepping stone to get the attention of broadcasters or platforms mm-hmm. um, or other organisations. It doesn't always, but, but some creators, there's a team that we work with out of Western Sydney called Glitch Productions who built a big audience with almost like video game meme content over the years and then transitioned into their own IP, their own stories with a great series called Meta Runner that's got two huge series on YouTube like, I don't know that they, they necessarily want or need to get off YouTube. They've got a, a business in, in <laughs> of themselves. They're here to stay. Yeah, and they're doing animated scripted narrative content that, like, mm-hmm. they have a production methodology that they can churn it out, not cheaply, but cheaper than, you know, a, a, a broadcast animation studio. Mm-hmm. And and they've got two great sustainable YouTube channels. Um, so there, there's, I think, comes down to what, what do creators want to do? What do you want to do? What's your goal yeah. for your content, for your career? So I guess, yeah, that kind of leads on to my next thoughts of like, why online? What do you see, you know, online? Like, why would someone be wanting to make content for online? I think there's, I say, a lack of a lack of gatekeepers as a gatekeeper myself. Sure. But as, you know, there is, I guess, a I much have my more... sneaking suspicion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but there's a much more straightforward way to get your content both made and seen. And mm-hmm. that can be with government funding, like the online department of Screen Oz, but there's nothing stopping anyone in this chat from going out tomorrow and filming a web series and putting it up online. Yeah. Um, and that to me is the beauty of online, that it's it's a much more um, level playing field. It is, I'm not saying it's easy to go out and build an audience because it's a lot of hard work. And I think it's just a different kind of work to building a career as say a TV producer or a feature film writer or whatever that looks like. But I do think it's also a quicker way to access that audience, a quicker and, and easier um, in exchange of, of, you know, hearing what your audience responds to and reacts to, you do get that feedback. You can point that online contact content and go, well, that video that we made got, you know, 500,000 yeah. views. Yeah. That one got 2,000. Why did that happen? Okay, what can we learn from that? And yeah. how can we Wait a second, that? that one just wasn't funny. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I actually weirdly found and tend to keep finding sometimes it's the ones that you just really um, push out quickly. Like that, that one took us 45 minutes to think of and make mm. and film and upload. And then this one, we worked for months and months on this series and yet that one got the, the traction. It's, it's, it's always a great place to keep 
learning about what an audience wants and a way to build those skills to get, and, and again, like we said earlier, get the attention of broadcasters and be able to point at actual evidence of I've made something that has got an audience. So, yeah. you know, we can take the likes of Auntie Donna as an example. They came through well, both Fresh Blood and Skipperhead, same as Axis, and then then kept making their own web series, Glenridge Secondary College, all the while trying to get that that bigger piece up, which eventually, after two pilots in Australia, got the attention of Netflix and mm. developed and made a Netflix series that I think is amazing and off the wall and a kind of thing that they they readily admit they wouldn't have been able to do that without the proof of concept of years yeah. of work worth of work on their YouTube channel. Yeah, and I guess. So when those when you're talking about you know launching these you know sketches or or the content that you've been working on, are you predominantly speaking about say YouTube? You would have been putting them on YouTube and linking to Facebook or something. Is there a where are you starting to build these audiences? I think it can happen anywhere. I think typically YouTube was the the go-to platform, but even nowadays, like putting your YouTube content via a link on Facebook, Facebook just buries that link because now they want yeah. people to stay on the platform. So yeah. I think it's worth having, it's definitely worth having an approach around where's this going to live? And some series are best to live across multiple platforms. We found that a series last year with the chase of the war on 2020, that content lived on like different creators, Twitter accounts and Facebook feeds and Instagram, mm -hmm. and it got various success. But if you're talking about one kind of series, it tends to be a better approach to think what's the best platform for this and how do audiences mm -hmm. engage with that platform mm -hmm. so for example we do get pitched like here's my 20 minute by 10 episode facebook series but people aren't really watching 20 minutes worth of content on facebook mm -hmm. so yep. is that the best place for that to live that might be better to to leave that on youtube where to house it on youtube where people are tending to go towards longer videos because yep. the platform encourages that because they can put multiple ads in it and therefore they make more money and creators make more money. So there is a business behind all this stuff, but that level of research is something we really value is like, what's the best place for this to live and how are you going to attract an audience to that? Um, and if that is multiple platforms, why is that? And, and how are you going to repurpose that content to make it look like it's, you know, on TikTok, you can tell when something's not been made for TikTok and that might yeah, be fine for that piece of content, but often it's, it's horizontal and you're losing two thirds of the, small already small screens so yeah that kind of thinking we really encourage yeah great and so i guess now thinking about you know looking at when we're asking okay know what you want to apply for where you want you know these series to live i guess that makes me wonder about what people would be looking to apply for and what kind of funding rounds there are what kind of things what kind of entry level funding options that screen australia might be running for sure. I'll start at development. So mm -hmm. very, just after I started Screen so in three and a half years ago, we, we changed mm -hmm. the, the guidelines of development funding. It used to be quite a high bar to even be eligible for development yeah. funding. And that kind and of- And sorry, just quickly, the, is this development just for online or is this development in general? Uh, that was development across all scripted, yeah. so story development. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. so that's a great question. To clarify, I'll talk about documentary in a minute, but typically I'm talking about scripted narrative content. Mm -hmm. Development sits across like feature film, TV, online, VR, anything, any of those platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and now the eligibility is that there is no eligibility for development funding. That means that the bars are the bars really high. It's quite competitive. We get a lot of applications, but you don't have to have made anything to be eligible to apply for development yeah, funding. Right. You can be a single person, like a solo applicant. Uh, and apply for development funding with an idea with with your plan might be to you know write an amazing first episode script or amazing pitch bible to go out and pitch and build your team around that project and then all the way through to you could apply for development funding for late stage development on a project that's you know you've been talking to a broadcaster for 
months or years and they're almost over the line. They just need to see those final scripts to really confirm their commitment. Mm -hmm. Development also sits across proof of concept funding. So you could apply to with a project that maybe really needs to be seen to be understood and for an audience to or, or a uh, decision maker to get it. So mm -hmm. we can we can do that to a certain degree for around 10 minutes worth of content. That could be a scene or an episode or a sizzle reel or a trailer. So all of those things, I guess we look at development as what's going to advance your project from where it is to the next stage. As long as that next stage, um, if that next stage is production, then you'd apply for production funding. So it's, it's almost like any stage of development, what do you, what do you see? And we, we put the onus yeah. back on you to come up with what's the plan, what do you want to get out of this development period? Um, you know, we, we like to see teams if, if you've got a team attached, if you're proposing we're going to have a writer's room, we like to see who's in that writer's room. Yeah, you know, sure. Or at least who you're proposing to put in that writer's room. But like I said, you could just be, you know, working on this on your own to take it to the next stage. So, oh, sorry. No, sorry. I was just going to say, and with that, you, you know, jumping on what you said, where it could be a, a solo applicant, because I guess some people writing in, you know, I have an idea, where do I where do I start with that? Is, is that something that is a bit pipe dreamy or is that genuinely something that there is scope for someone to just develop an idea look it's rare i'll be honest with yeah. you we do tend to fund teams but mm -hmm. uh, without knowing the numbers off the top of my head we do get you know every it feels like every week there'll be at least one or two applications in that we're assessing where it's a solo applicant and so they will get funded if, if the idea is there and and the, yeah. the potential's there but eventually you're going to need to build that team out right yeah. like team making a filmmaking is a, a team sport so you need <laughs> yeah. and for production funding you need those roles of develop um director producer writer filled yeah. by at least two people across those mm -hmm. when, when we're talking about online production funding so mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's always a little bit of development work needed before you apply to us it's that that you know chicken eggy kind of situation part of what we ask for is a development plan as well so what are you actually going to do in this stage of development creatively what are the gaps and we, we again put that back onto you to tell us where are the gaps in this project and what how's our money going to help fill those gaps what kind of questions are you going to ask in that writer's room or when you're interrogating this project yep. and pulling it apart and putting it back together what's the yeah what's that that pathway you're going to take um, and yeah speaking to that application i guess um what I'm um, because like a lot of the sort of grant applying for grants or applying for funding or any of that kind of stuff there's a specific kind of language and even talking about target audience any of that kind of stuff that can pull up a lot of people um, who aren't used to that kind of world do you have any recommendations is there any sort of ways that people can get guidance on their applications and things or is it just try and find someone who knows knows that world yeah we, we've looked at this a bit around we get the question of can I see a sample application even confidential <laughs> yeah. I guess the danger of that is every application does look quite different. So we don't mm -hmm. want people to think this is exactly what it needs to look like. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point to talk to people who've been through the system before. Even just looking at the kind of projects we're funding, we have to announce every dollar that we spend and we do that regularly through um, media releases. We kind of, you know, wait until we've got a, a sizable chunk of projects to announce through mm -hmm. development and online production. Both of them are rolling funds, so there's not rounds. You can just apply whenever. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a development one coming out, I think, next week, which will have a bunch of development projects we've funded. It's worth looking at that and going, okay, what are the kind of stories, what are the kind of projects that Screen Australia is supporting? How does my project fit amongst, sit amongst all that? Is it, you know, obviously it doesn't have to be, uh, not necessarily on the creative side, but in terms of where, what stage of development it's at, what kind of team yeah. I've got attached, what, where I'm aiming for with this. Um, there's there's guidelines and I guess we've tried to make it as, as transparent as possible. I do think the development guidelines do a good job. There's some FAQs around, um, even around like, you know, what kind of money can I ask for? Because yeah. people people don't know, right? And that's okay to not know. 
there's a table um, around like maximum amounts that Screen Australia can fund for development line items. Mm -hmm. um, so you can you can have more in your development budget, but we'll only go yep. up to a certain amount for certain um, certain things. And I but guess it helps people frame what they are, you know, proposing as well. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So those kind of things are there. I guess um, there's our, our podcast series is great, not to just mm -hmm. be speaking and drinking the Screen Australia Kool Aid, but there's a lot of great resources <laughs> that we try and provide. We have, we have a great beginner's guide. Actually, I might as we get through, I'll try and chuck some of these links in the chat as well. But okay. even just a beginner's guide to Screen Oz, I find really useful because mm -hmm. I remember before I'd ever applied to Screen Australia, being like, what, what, is, what even is it? What, yeah. how, do you, how do you unlock that? What do, what do they want? Yeah. And I think it is that thing where where sometimes it feels like it's it's something that other people understand, but you don't necessarily understand. You know, it's it's this sort of thing that you see other people being able to access, but you just yeah. For some people, it's it's that thing of not being able to get their head around how they too can throw themselves into that mix. Absolutely. So there's yeah. the um, beginner's guide. Here's right. a link to the podcast, and even to the point of like beyond just our place in the industry. Like we have a great episode with Netflix with Q and Nicole from mm. Netflix Australia. It's like how to pitch to Netflix. It's the title of the yeah. podcast. It's not just clickbait. Like it actually, they actually talk about what they're looking for and what kind of, <laughs> what kind of pitches will get their attention, what kind of teams and, and level of experience they're looking for. So. Yeah, we had a bit of um, a few questions looking at, I guess, sort of that kind of thing of, of genre or style or things that um, I guess Screen Oz is looking for. Um, but is that more dictated by, I guess, potentially what something like Netflix or Stan or things, what they're looking for and what they are hoping to get on their screens? Is there sort of a, a flow through from, from funding bodies to those, those broadcasters? Yeah, definitely to a degree. I think the, the answer to that question is, is quite different based on who you're asking. Like at Screen Australia, I, I say what we're looking for is not, I, I wouldn't limit that to a genre or a, mm -hmm. you know, the way that a broadcast, I'm like, oh, yeah. Only film noir mind. for the next five yeah. years. Exactly, exactly. We really want to own that film noir space. Good on you. Um, yeah. <laughs> bold, but uh, great. Let me do it. I, I talk a, a bit a bit more um, artsy-fartsy about it around, like, what's the idea that you want to make? What's the story you want to tell that you think is screaming out to be told, that you wake up every morning, it's on your mind, you go to bed and you can't stop thinking about it. What's mm -hmm. that project you want to tell? And, and how does that sit in the marketplace? Obviously, that... You know, that may be a project best pitch to Amazon or to Stan or to, you know, ABC or whatever. But in terms of what we want to support, we want to see the passion and the excitement from your side that this story needs to be told. Then to drill that down to online from my perspective and my department, I want to see projects that are custom made to live online, to live on an online platform. And mm -hmm. I differentiate that from like TV light. So when people pitch to us an idea that might be like, it's four housemates who are in their twenties trying to figure out that you know what adulting is like. I'm like, great, it might be a great idea, but I don't think that that's niche enough and specific enough to live online. I think we've seen that in the likes of, you know, Friends, and then every iteration of Friends that we've seen <laughs> since since it was out. Yeah. That like that kind of market is served on TV, and what, so why would people watch a invariably lower budget version of that? Uh, what's actually really cutting through is really super specific ideas. The example I use all the time is one called Mining Boom. It's an animation that lives on Facebook that we funded. I think that already made a few episodes. But when you look at that on paper, it's like a show about like working on a mining site and all the jokes are really super specific. There's millions of views on Facebook. There's people with tattoos of those characters on their bodies because they love it so much because yeah. they've worked on mining sites. And then everyone who sees that who's worked on a mining site who loves it, Mm -hmm. They send it, they, they link all their friends in the comments because all their mates who they yeah. used to work with in mining sites. So that level of like sp specificity actually gets you a massive 
and really engaged audience. Yeah, right. That kind of stuff is really what we're looking for. Um, who's that niche audience that you're able to talk to? And so I guess if you were kind of saying before, um, looking at online can be kind of seen maybe as, as a stepping stone to, to reaching a broader audience. If you've got an idea that is, you know, the one that you can't stop thinking about, but it seems to live potentially more on TV than online, does that therefore mean that instead of being like, okay, I'll apply for online funding uh, to do a kind of a proof of concept web series, that's not necessarily the right angle to be looking at. You should maybe think of more like a development fund application for a proof of concept and then go down that path? Yeah, I, I always find, and this is, doesn't apply to every scenario, but I do think in most cases, yeah, I would agree with that, that it, the version of this, this show that best serves a creative is the one that should exist rather than trying to retrofit something to a platform that might then actually not be best suited. And you see it all the time with like web series that are actually a feature film cut into six parts and then yeah. locked up on YouTube. In most cases, it doesn't work because it's a feature film, because the pacing of that series or that project is the pacing of a feature film. Mm -hmm. It's very different to go sit in a cinema or sit at home, watch a movie. The, the storytelling and the style of it and the pace is so different to watching a web series where it just needs to move so much faster if you're watching something on Snapchat or TikTok or whatever. It's like, of course, it's going to be a different screen language. So unless, and, and yeah, I, I find that often... It doesn't, in most cases, it doesn't work as well to try and, yeah, retrofit something. Yeah, right. And so in that sense, I guess, yeah, it's about really knowing, you know, say you do have a larger concept and you want to try and get in the door in that situation, it, it would be more wise to go through something like a development fund or, or a proof of concept, you think, than, than, yeah, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe there's a step in between where you can make a web series that's really suited to the, you know, the internet. Yes, and, yeah, and that's, that platform is a different idea. It's not that you just have the one, <clears throat> my apologies, one idea, but thinking about how the platform can potentially serve you. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And in, in nine times out of 10, we're seeing that be much more successful when people who really know the platform, know the space, know the audience. Yeah. Series that we funded recently for both development and production, Scattered, was a 38-part but what by one minute episode um, TikTok series about three mm -hmm. friends who following the funeral of their fourth best mate um, have lost the urn of his ashes to scatter and his parents are coming um, at the end of, you know, in 12 hours time. So they're kind of, it's almost a bit like the hangover for a Gen Z audience where they're retracing their steps to this huge night before where they lost the urn. Meanwhile, there's this undercurrent of like his parents didn't accept that he was gay. And there's a bit of a, a thing of why we weren't so hard to please his parents who didn't love him anyway. So it's this beautiful like LGBT story. Mm -hmm. But all of those things, the, the pacing of it, the, the mystery, the hooks that you can have in those episodes, small amount of characters, so three lead characters, the LGBT audience that it was serving are all huge on TikTok, are all like parts of making a, of a storytelling or, yeah, or sure. content creation on TikTok. And it worked really well. I think it's got two or three million views across the series on TikTok it, and as something that you don't really see on that platform very often, which is very high production values, um, scripted content. Yeah, great. Awesome. I'm just having a look at time. Oh, we still got a little bit of time before we um, open up to questions and I'll make sure I keep an eye on that chat, which is very good indeed. Actually, maybe, maybe we will. Do we want to have a look over at the chat quickly and see? Yeah. What? Um, yeah, because I guess we're off the back of looking at, at, at web series. And I think that a lot of people potentially in here, um, as we pitched it at sort of entry level, first steps into content creation, um, I think it is that thing of, of looking at, I guess, teams, you know, with the application, 
it, do you have to have, you know, executive produced by Deborah Mailman? You know, is it, is there scope for, you know, it's a person say that you went to film school together or they have, how, how much do credits come into play? I think with those applications. For online production, the mm-hmm. only credits we require is to have a director or a producer with a one equivalent credit of a similar project that's been released. So that could literally be a short film that you made and put up on YouTube that's been released publicly. I mean, it could be a video you shot, shot in your backyard that's a scripted narrative content that you put up on YouTube. That That's enough to satisfy our eligibility for it. Right. So, different so I guess what you're saying there is therefore that the application is, it's not, it's reflective of what you're, I guess, applying for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the four things we look for for online production, the assessment criteria, um, the creative strength of the project, which we typically ask for as many scripts as possible, um, you know, a series Bible or proposal that gives us a good idea of the creative of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team behind it. So is this the team right place, like placed correctly or placed um for this next step in their careers have they got some kind of track record of making content that's equivalent to this which is where that credit eligibility comes in mm-hmm. um, and that might be you're applying for a very small amount of funding to make a very contained web series so you might not have to have a huge bank of, of content creation behind you um, we look at the marketing release plan which i'd say behind the creative is the second most important element we look for mm-hmm. because there's no point making something if there's not a plan to get that out in front of an audience yeah i guess it's that thing if a tree falls in the woods and no one knows you know yeah, why did we spend money funding that tree? That's um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, where'd it go? I don't know. Yeah, and, you know, not everything is gonna like. It's a plan for that stage of the process. It's it's not always gonna a follow that plan or b be successful. But we like to see that that level of thought has been put into projects um, that they're gonna ideally find an audience. So again, to go back to Scattered, they had a really solid plan around you know getting people to comment on the the episodes on tiktok which means that it gets bumped up in the algorithm more so they really understood the algorithm had a really detailed plan so it doesn't have to be that you've got four million subscribers on the youtube channel because we're funding people with you know without necessarily an audience in their pocket all the time they've just Mm -hmm. got a great great way to access that audience Uh, and then lastly the finance plan so is there Mm -hmm. other sources funding this project Um, so the entire burden is not on screen australia of the the entire budget we can fund the entire budget of something in yeah. online, but we, we tend not to like to. Sure. So therefore, if you've got something going ahead, you do want to be seeking other sources of funding outside of just screen ons. As much as possible. We're very aware that it's a, uh, there's not a lot of avenues for, you know, online content creation funding out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it might be just us and a state agency. We had a team come in with, you know, quite a bit of crowdfunding the other day for a project. Sure. And that then unlocks, I guess, a potential for them to to apply for more from us um, mm. but it can be anything like private investment or you know sponsorship or branded content um, uh, can, it be, can it also be your own personal investment can you put that in yeah 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 I mean ideally we're funding something we like people to be paid at award <laughs> minimum rates and to pay sure. themselves which is often yeah. people go it'd be more I mean, if I ask for less money and I won't pay myself um, yeah I learned I learned that lesson the hard way and every time I got funding I was like let's Let's pay ourselves more next time. Let's ask for more mm. for ourselves. So I yeah. think there's a there's an argument to be made about, I guess it's a push pull between not asking for too much, but also making sure that you know people are paid for their work. Because if you're yeah. gonna, if this is your production, you're gonna be working on this from now till maybe a couple of years down the track, but yeah. it's finally out and, and wrapped up. So we want to make sure there's at least some money in there. Yeah, right. And I guess that's important to take in as a first time applicant. You might be saying, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Don't worry. You know, just give me money so that I can pay for food. But 
um, knowing that there's not necessarily that hesitancy to make sure that the creatives, if they've got the right idea in the team, then they should be paying themselves. Yeah, totally. It's important to see. We're just looking over at some questions that we had in. Uh, one of them is, if you've not received funding, funding for a project one year, is there a good chance that the project actually doesn't have legs or can it actually be more about uh, the fact that it's been a highly competitive year or that it's not the right time for that project? Yeah, definitely yes to the second half of that question. There could be any number of reasons why a project wasn't funded. And it's also worth noting that Screen Australia has a limited amount of money. And while we have to mm -hmm. spend that every financial year, it does think things do get really squeezed as we get towards March, April, May, June, that end of the financial year time, the bar gets really high. Um, and sometimes it comes down to really fine margins on why a project might not have got funded. To that end, we also get projects that come in for a second time of applying and they are successful. So it's, it's yeah, always right. worth, um, I guess the, when you apply for production funding through my department, it's quite a, it's, it's a, it's a decent size application. We like to try and give as much honest feedback as we can if that's unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can take that feedback on board, feedback on board and apply next time with that, you know, taken into account. The yeah. exception is when it's a special initiative, like something like, you know, Skip Ahead or Digital Originals with SBS, where we literally get hundreds of applications. We just don't have the scope to give that individual feedback. We, we try yeah. wherever we can to give feedback and have a conversation with you about it and be honest about it so that you know the areas to address. But mm. yeah, I would say if you've applied for development or production funding and, and been declined, it's worth like, you know, if you don't have the feedback address, you know, if you do have the feedback addressing that and then knowing, you know, what uh, and, and applying again. Yeah, great. I'm just looking at our, our little chat now. Um, I guess one of the things we kind of talked about earlier, but looking at online funding as a step in the right direction for, I guess, funding larger projects. Do, would you see that as potentially being a, a, a true statement of looking at um, online series opening doors, I guess, for TV or film or things? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's different in everyone's case. I think mm -hmm. it it's, um, depends on what your end goal is and where you want to be working. Yeah. And there's probably a number of different ways to get to that end goal, making mm -hmm. online content and building an audience and showing that you can make stuff to a budget and can yeah. attract an audience and it can be creatively great um, is one way to get there. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, there's so many different ways to get there. If that's your ultimate goal. We're starting to now see content creators who came through, I guess, that first wave of online yeah. funding, um, the Auntie Donos or the likes of Christian Van Buren and Adele Vuko, um, Sarah Bishop, kind of in, in those, those uh, I guess, kind of gen, gen one creators who are now maybe working in TV or film or, you know, mm -hmm. um, developing those bigger projects. So, yes, it is a, a long journey and it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's going to look at, you had a successful web series, great. Uh, here's, here's five million for a yeah, exactly have fifty million dollars. Yeah, um, but it can certainly go a long way to proving that you're capable and, and able, and you know have the you know the skills. Yeah. and I guess as we came back to you know the idea of building an audience and being able to prove that you, you know your style, your ideas, your your brand even has you know a viable audience there. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I'll look at someone like um, Michael Shanks, Tim Tim Fed online. Mm -hmm. We we funded him. The Wizards of Oz with SBS and then a, a short film through um, our Skip Ahead initiative, Rebooted, which has, I think, 3 million views online. He's such a great um, auteur and, and, and director and visionary. He's, it's only a matter of time before he's working in feature films. But then there's other creators that we're funding who that's not part of their vision. They're happy to, to continue building that audience online and want to stay and play. They just maybe want to make it more sustainable. 
Mm -hmm. Great. Um, looking across at our little chat, um, how do you measure the success of a project? Great question. Thanks, Emily. Um, one of the things we do is we, we do ask, we put that back on you. We're great at that at Screen Australia. One of the documents we ask for is a measurement of success plan. What does success look like for you? Because yeah. every project is so different. I guess if I'm honest, deep down, we do look at self-release projects that go out on YouTube or Facebook. We do look at the views. Views are important to us. Um, they're not the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. um, we've had projects that haven't maybe had amazing views. Um, here's, here's one over and out that we funded through Skip Ahead with Christian and Adele. Um, it's a great two parents trying to raise their toddlers in a post-apocalyptic society. Um, it's, you know, in a zombie kind of landscape, exceptional five by five minute series, won the Cannes series short form award a couple of years ago, which I think is probably one of the more prestigious online awards you can win. It's got maybe 10, 15,000 views per episode, which is not astronomical online, but in terms of critical success, in terms of you know what that's done for the team, that's that's a huge success for us. So there's there's other ways um, to measure that success. And just and so that in and of itself, that was a I guess the description is a quite a high genre, you know, family drama esque type piece. But something like that does sit well online. There's still it's I guess because it's a five by five. But looking at that that scripted narrative of a genre, that's still something that can exist in the world of of web series and online. Yeah, definitely. I would say that that knows its audience quite well it, it's mm -hmm. that kind of venn diagram intersection of parents and genre fans and mm -hmm. you know as a parent and someone who loves a good kind of post-apocalyptic movie I, I really vibe on that because i'm like god it's hard enough like yeah the arguments they're having lay it on to then as they're arguing about the the you know did you get the right kind of baby wipes she's opening a cupboard and pulling out a shotgun and wandering out into the you know the abyss to shoot zombies it's like it just just kind of nails both elements of it yeah but i think it, it's specific enough whilst also having that like that appeal to those audiences that if you like those things you're re they're speaking your language and you're going to reshare them i guess that's the other thing if something online it's looking at a five minute concept piece that's that's effective that speaks to people and is therefore i guess reshareable um yeah i kind of i guess seem to be fairly key aspects if you're going to have something succeed online and they've gone on to like it, it's been announced we've given them development funding to develop a bigger version of that project which was always right. the plan but to be able to see that it works online it works for an, an audience is so vital that you know it, it got our attention then it also got the attention of you know some production companies and, and places that have meant that they're able to expand that out yeah great and they're expanding that i guess into like a long longer form tv kind of format that's the plan yeah it's, mm. it's in development at the moment yeah great Looking through our little questions, Mara is asking, does Screen Australia fund short films? Mentioned a couple, I guess. Mm -hmm. Typically, no. We see more as episodic content as a way to build that skill set and I guess as a, not a like-for-like -like replacement for the calling card of short films, but a, a, a more holistic and rounded way to show that you can make content and find an audience online. The exception is through initiatives. So something like Skip Ahead with YouTube, we fund um, short films through that because that's just a bit more open. Um, our First Nations department funds short films a bit more than us and through documentary as well, they fund short films. But I guess the other way, God, I said no now, look, listen, we list all the ways you can get a short film funded through Screen Arts. We fund, I mentioned proof of concepts through development earlier as yeah. well. So that's a way to get a short film that might speak to a feature length um, version funded. We funded um, The Moo Guy. I think last year or the year before, and that's as a short film through development proof of concept to to kind of do the festival circuit and hopefully you know build some momentum for a feature length version. Great. I'm so just no, reading. but yes. Sorry. So no, but yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is interesting because um, 
speaking to like proof of concepts, it's the same thing with a, a short, the short film kind of world and looking at short films that exist purely for the short film space versus short films that are existing as a proof of concept. Yeah, and some short films are made to go online and find an audience and they do. And, and yeah. I think that's the more the kind that we'd be interested in rather than ones that yeah might be made as that um, proof of ability and, and that we'd see as you know online funding. Um, yes. And I guess it's, again, that's speaking back to the idea of what is your intention with the project and, you know, there's no point if, if you are wanting it for a, a proof of concept, don't therefore apply to make it as a, a short film, apply for a, a proof of concept. And if it is just purely a short film idea, pitch it as that and go through that, that avenue. Yeah, and there are definitely avenues to get short films funded. A lot of state agencies are funding short films. Um, mm -hmm. There's often initiatives, even like Unreal Engine, funded a bunch of short films recently they've got that they've got ongoing initiatives around you know using their software and tools to to get short films funded um kim has just asked but it was 10 minutes ago my apologies kim it says um are you currently talking about production funding rather than development funding so maybe that is uh, can you just quickly chat us through the difference between the the production funding and the development funding sure so i guess the Development funding, if you think about it vertically and then off that film, TV, online, VR, and that's how development sits. And it's to take your project from one stage to the next. Mm -hmm. um, that was what we were talking a bit about earlier in development funding. Production funding, feature film, TV, uh, at their own departments and online is this little outlier department where you'd come into us when you're production ready. Um, yeah. Maybe it was when I was talking through the assessment criteria, like the, the creative, the team, the marketing release plan, mm -hmm. the finance plan, that's for online production funding. That's what we look for when you're production ready. Development has its own assessment criteria, okay. which some of them are similar, but there's, there's differences too. I think development is a little bit more geared around like um, generate funding, which is the risk taking more emerging creators. What's the, um, what's the creative? What's the team? Um, what's the level of uh, diversity in this team speaking to the, you know, the, the challenges that have been present for um you know creators who are from underrepresented backgrounds in the past development mm -hmm. set up to allow creators like any creators to come in um great there you go kim i think i got to your answer eventually you thanks thanks um, for coming on that journey i realize i should cut back because i missed someone before kim i missed leanne um but i think leanne is asking about i guess uh the length of the duration of the projects and the episodes that you're trying to pitch and whether you should kind of cater them to the broadcasters. So the example is, you know, should you make a project, if you have a complex project, should you make it 20 minutes long so that it's transferable to Netflix? Um, and I guess I'm guessing that this might be to do with if you're creating it online first and then you want to pitch it to Netflix, or maybe, maybe you want to just chat vaguely about, you know, uh, crafting your projects to suit the, suit the avenues that you want to take them down. Sure, and I think that's that's kind of the the answer there in that question, Jane. Is that I would really look at if you if you feel your story needs to be told in those twenty minute episodes or longer, where are those kind of stories being told online? And I would mm -hmm. say the answer is pretty limited in terms of scripted narrative content. I don't see a lot of series that are twenty minutes long um, on YouTube unless there's a big YouTube channel behind that who have an audience who are loyal and dedicated to that and know that that content is 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 upcoming. So. I just think it's going to be harder to get that funded and, and made and, mm -hmm. and out there and finding an audience. Not it's to say got, it's impossible. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I was just looking at the back end of, of Kim's question. It's talking about if that's therefore the case, if you've got, say, a 20-minute concept episodic piece, should you then be thinking of um, carving it down into smaller sections so that it would work better online? 
I think that's definitely an approach. Yeah, I think that can work. I think it, it depends if that suits your the creative of your project because not everything's going to be able to be you know cut up and 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 I guess I'd make sure I'd want to make sure that that was being done at the development stage so it's you know um, the episodes work because a lot of what we see cut through in in online is really hooky concepts, really sticky concepts that grab an audience straight away and leave them with a cliffhanger at the end of an episode. I mean to to extrapolate it out to a bigger version something like like anything that has been huge lately like squid game or mayor of east town i I've, I've got a kid who's nearly four and i'm so tired all the time but i watched like five episodes in a row and stayed up way past my bedtime watching <laughs> them because they leave you with that cliffhanger and that hook so that's what we want online series to do as well is to really yeah. grab you in and make sure that you have no um other option but to, to watch like the whole series in one hit um, because the, the creators have done such a great job of crafting those hooks and, and leaving you hanging and wanting more mm-hmm. um, even something like the formal which is a tiktok series that's out uh, 10 episodes by one minute it's this great love story of these two um, year 12 students who are planning their formal one of them's in love with the other one and you know the other one has no idea but the um the the hooks that they've put into that and the storytelling is just so well crafted that you just kind of want to see where it goes because it's this beautiful really really like straightforward simple love story but it's just really well put together so I think that level of like knowing your project knowing the story you want to tell and how you're going to keep that audience like addicted is uh is key and I guess I was just thinking um with I guess platforms like TikTok versus Facebook and things when you're receiving these projects are they also taking into account I guess the style of 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 the piece as in I'm imagining something on a TikTok where it's like does it have to have a perceived sense of handheld like it's more of that interpersonal um kind of rough around the edges feel that I guess Instagram and TikTok those lots of viral channels have or can you are you also getting I guess the traditional films on a set sort of crafted products um going onto those channels as well yeah, yes to both. I think a good example is something like Content, which came from Ludo Studios in Queensland a few years ago and got nominated for an international Emmy. It was the first kind of vertical, it was with ABC, I should credit them as well. It was the first kind of vertical series, scripted series to be told in Australia. This was before TikTok existed, but it's it's basically set on the creator's mobile phone. So everything that they're searching and typing and deleting, you're seeing it as it happens. So you kind of get this great insight into their character that has this really great intimate feel and is mm. really designed for those vertical platforms. Um, I, th- I think it helps if you know the platforms and know how people engage. But it's with not them. just that. No, absolutely. There's, mm. there's you know, um, all, all sorts of great content finding audience out there that, that you know, the formal is something that's just, I guess the difference between the formal in on TikTok and if that was made for a bigger, different platform is it's two characters, so it's mm. really contained and you can fit them in the vertical frame really well mm. and you can you can pivot to one of them to get a close-up of their face when something devastating happens. It's like mockumentary style, but yeah. I think those kind of things are really great to think about because yeah. you can't fit 50 people in a frame. Yeah, it's harder to watch Lord of the Rings on your iPhone, I guess, than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it when those, like Martin Scorsese came out about the Irishman, I'm like, he doesn't want people to watch on his on their phones. and You're like, sucked in, Martin. Yeah, yeah I watched <laughs> yeah. it. I watched it on the smallest screen I could. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, looking over here, maybe a dumb question. No dumb questions. Uh, how do we find good web series? I guess that's the other thing that, you know, because you're not being necessarily targeted by these things all the time, What, where where do these live? Yeah, a lot of ways to find them. I guess, again, with my Screen Australia bias on you, looking at our funding announcements and even going back through, and I'll find some in a second link, but what we've funded in years past and what's kind of 
been released is a good way. Um, looking at like maybe following accounts from big web fests in Australia mm. and around the world and what they're announcing as kind of being in their, their selection because there are yeah. it is a whole kind of family of, of web fests that, um, that are selecting projects all the time. Uh, looking at what, what state agencies are funding, what's cutting through um, in, in terms of, um, you know, what's on SBS On Demand in terms of shorter form stuff. There's a great suite of stuff like Homecoming Queens, um, Iggy yeah. and Ace and, and The Tailings and Robbie Hood, all these beautiful like six by 10 minute series that um, are technically like web series, but right. they're a little bit more TV light, but they've, they've got a bigger budget. They've you know got the backing of SBS On Demand behind them. Yeah, right. Okay. So, and I guess... Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Cause is it also, is there an expectation that if people are also having something like SPS on demand or IVU, they're not going to be existing on YouTube or anything. They're going to exist solely on that one platform or. Yeah. It tends to be they the also way. maybe have a Facebook page that they're linking things to. Yeah. I mean, there could be all sorts of peripheral marketing, I guess. Mm -hmm. The honest truth is SBS in particular do a really great job of marketing the web series, mm -hmm. anything that they fund in the scripted sense. Um, and, and part of the contract that you would get with those places would kind of deem a bit of exclusivity on that platform for Australia. Yeah, right. So they're kind of licensing that for Australia. Mm -hmm. Chuck in this link to our online um, funding approvals. So if you trawl back, if you go back a couple of years, that's kind of linked to archives of like what we've funded. You'll be able right. to see like, you know, maybe if you look at 2019, 2020, there's a whole bunch right. of stuff that's now, it's now out and been made. Actually, mm -hmm. even that year I'm looking... And stuff's been delayed because of COVID, but there's still plenty of stuff in there that's been made and, and released. Um, On, yeah. off, off the back of, um, I guess, web fests and things like that, um, we have a question here from Katrina asking about, I guess, the value of those web festivals and, you know, awards and things like that and what, what they, whether they carry weight in the, the web series world. I would say quite honestly, less than in the TV and feature world, like oh. web fests are a little easier to get into with something that's been funded. Um, and so we don't value them quite as much as they views online. I guess when it does get our attention is when you might have like a lot of web fest nominations and awards or from sure. some of the more prestigious places like content won a Rose Door award, which is a great prestigious award and as I guess a bit more clout. So in terms of the kind of more um, prestigious ones, it's on a hiatus at the moment, but Melbourne Web, Web Fest is great. Uh, Marseille Web Fest is one of the, the better ones. Um, but yeah, typically, like, I wouldn't say having a lot of Web Fest nomina nominations or awards is enough to get something across the line. It might be a good, like, supporting argument, but really what we want to know is that there's a, an audience here for this because those, those Web Fest nominations don't translate to awards necessarily. Yeah. Sorry, don't translate to views necessarily. Sure, yeah. Also, another little question about uh, production funding for emerging writers and creators. So I guess that's production funding as opposed to development development funding, but for an emerging writer and creator. Is this one from Shane? Uh, yes. Uh, so what, yeah, what feature film production funding is available for emerging yeah. writers and creators? Um, in terms of production funding, that's, that's there for when something is ready to go into production. So the honest truth is yeah. it's less geared towards emerging creators. Um, mm. There are there is scope to build that team around you, and we are funding first time feature film writers. Full disclosure, Shane, everyone else, I'm not um, my department's online, so I'm not super well versed in feature film um, and the kind of uh, avenues there. But I, I would say that it's it is a higher bar. There is an expectation of certain credits, um, but I think building your team around you is is a first step on any kind of um, uh, project. So if you if you're wanting to get feature film funding as a first time writer or creator. 
who's on your team who's been there before and has made stuff that we can look at and go, oh, great, oh, yeah. they're worthy of, you know, they've got the track record to handle, you know, our $2 million as well as the other $8 million in their $10 million budget or whatever that <laughs> yeah. looks like. Um, maybe less than that because we're talking about emerging, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd say it's, it's probably like less opportunities and the emerging creators that we're funding tend to be through online production. They tend to be through development. Um, yeah, they're, they're where the opportunities more are. Great. Um, we've got a question from Daniel. Does Screen Oz offer any funding for documentary slash edu educational style projects that may be scripted but not quite narrative? Daniel, can you give us any examples of that? Because typically, even at the documentary level, we, we still want to be funding stories. So I guess we draw a bit of a line between like light entertainment and then narrative entertainment, whether that's documentary or scripted. Um, so for example, we don't fund like cooking shows or travel shows unless it's in a super rare exception like a, an initiative. Um, so the documentary department would fund, oh, sorry, you did say this, the team I said, Mythbusters. Um, I, I don't feel like Mythbusters in a broadcast sense would be eligible for Screen Australia funding. It, it's a bit more factual rather than storytelling. Again, I'm not a documentary expert because my area is online scripted content, but a lot of those things we don't fund because it, we tend to see it as the broadcasters and the networks will fund them without our support. We're mm -hmm. here to really encourage those places to fund and, and, and make stuff that they can't afford to make without our money. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, for example, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to fund a cooking show when they could make it on their own. They'd rather come to us when they want to make fires or Wakefield or yeah, right. um, the newsreader, which costs a lot more. So that's interesting because, yeah, I, I remember chatting with a person who was working in you know, TV production and them saying, yeah, we are, we're really looking for, for comedy for TV at the moment, but it, we want it to be cheap, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is, I guess, like panel shows and, you know, things where it's not, yeah, the amount of money and effort that needs to go into, I guess, a scripted scripted drama is far and beyond that that is required to to do those different types of shows yeah yeah and, and i would say in all honesty like it's best to chat to someone from our documentary team about any mm. docs projects or where those lines are just because yeah that's not my uh, my area of expertise sorry um, that said we are now funding documentaries through online that have a first release on a social media platform so just as a side note if you've got an online documentary that's really designed to live on a social media platform like youtube mm. or facebook or something like that we're open to those as of um, a few months ago um, yeah, and working right. with our documentary department to, um, you know, assess those projects. Yeah, great. Because I guess there is a lot of scope for those kind of online bitey sort of five-minute documentary series um, mm -hmm. that you see popping around. Sorry, my telephone is ringing. Um, so that's, but that wasn't something that Screen Australia was um, funding before in online? Not through the online production mm -hmm. department. They would have come through the documentary door and similar to development, documentaries, funds, feature, TV, VR, online, um, through the one fund or through, mm -hmm. through the one bucket of money. And so the bar is much higher there. So we sure. kind of, they graciously allowed us to fund projects that they kind of weren't doing a lot of, mm -hmm. um, which is those documentaries on a social media platform. If you've got a commission from SBS or ABC or somewhere like that for your documentary, best to go through the documentary department. Mm -hmm. But for those that are kind of a self-release on a social media platform, that's online. That's this guy. Um, we've only got a few minutes left. So I guess I was thinking, what would be, I guess, say you're in the brain of a first-time creator, what are some things that people can be doing in their own day-to-day -day or in their lives in this time that feels very chaotic that can lead them in the right directions? Like the conversations that they should be having, the avenues that they should be kind of looking at, the things that they should be thinking about. 
Definitely. I'd say first and foremost, if you, if you want to make online content or get a better understanding of it, it's really worth watching some. And that, that list I've chucked in the chat around what we funded before, but don't stop there. There's plenty of stuff that we have nothing to do with that's out there and, and great. You could probably find certain avenues around announcements or even searching on YouTube for best series, um, best scripted series. Really understanding the language of online, I think, is pivotal if you want to work in, in online. Really understanding that that storytelling, how it's different from TV or features is mm -hmm. vital. Um, I think building out your team is a great thing to do and being being both um, proactive and um, careful about who you work with because you might be working with them for a long, long time. So you want to make sure that your morals and your values are aligned when you're um, you know, forming a potentially a business partnership that might go on for years and you might be talking to these people every day about the project and really, you know, when when stuff's really stressful and you know you've got down the budget's really stretched and you've got to get that last day of shoot happening are these people that you want to be you know working with um quickly mm -hmm. yes um subscribe to the screen australian newsletter subscribe to your local state agency's newsletter subscribe, like, like and subscribe yeah, like exactly yeah. but that's where we announce like opportunities first like new initiatives or funding opportunities everything we've funded you know stuff that we might recommend you watch um all that stuff like follow not just us but like engage with the industry around like on social media like mm. follow us on facebook and twitter and follow like your state agency and you know the writers guild and the directors guild there's some amazing stuff happening with the adg at the moment around the directors that they're having panel chats with um that they've got access to because of covid they can have like zoom chats with these amazing australian and international directors so if you want to be a director you should absolutely be engaging with that side of things um all of that, that, that like engagement with the industry, like mm -hmm. looking at um, events like Screen Makers Conference, um, mm -hmm. which just happened in Adelaide, which is a, an emerge, like aimed at emerging creators, um, but gives a bit of a, a lay of the land of the opportunities that are available. So any and all of these things, I think are great things to do while, you know, we're kind of in this, yeah, pause mode of waiting for things mm -hmm. to open up a, a bit more again. Just one more thing. I know that we've reached one o'clock and I'll probably get screamed at for <laughs> doing this. Oh no, I'm getting a no from Alex. Great. Okay. Um, I guess which it, it was a question that I had written down, but um, Katrina has kind of um, drawn that to light is, I guess, when and what do you need um, in so far as like the development phase of your project? When is the right time to, I guess, ask for funding? Because Katrina's asking, you know, for a narrative web series, how important is it to have a full draft sample script in addition to a Bible, for example? Um, if it's nearly draft form, can the funding, can the script editor help to redevelop and rewrite it? Where, I guess that kind of speaks to where, when is the right time and, and where do you need to be up to um, with those kind of documents? And the answer is a bit different for development and production. For development, it's much more flexible and we, that's what we want to be supporting is something that needs yeah. that next step and that funding to take it to the next stage so absolutely yes like we get projects at any and every stage of development they might be a, a concept with a one pager they might be like i said earlier a bunch of scripts in late stage development or anywhere in between mm -hmm. for production funding we do like to see as strong an idea of the creative as possible so when we're talking about production funding it's because if we're if we're supporting you or if you're applying you should be ready to go into production yeah. so we want to see we do fund projects without all the scripts ready or we might fund them in earlier drafts and late stage development might be part of that production mm -hmm. but typically you're, you're best served to just give us the most comprehensive idea of the, the creative as you can and that's mm -hmm. typically well-developed scripts that are in a, a place that you think is ready to go into production because it just makes it harder for us to go great we're going to give you this three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make that series 
but we can't see quite what it is yet. Like that, yeah. from our position, we just want to get a, a solid idea of the creative as possible. But the development funding is far more, I guess, flexible insofar as where you're up to with those stages. And I guess is something that um, it's there's not, it sounds like there's not necessarily like a cut copy kind of stage that you need to be at. You need X, Y, and Z. It can come from maybe you've got the idea, maybe, yeah, depending on what you need developed. Absolutely. Yeah, you're totally right. There's not a one size fits all. This is what your project should look like to apply for development. In fact, it, it should be flexible so that we can support things at any stage of that journey before they're ready to go into production. Yeah. And I guess also speaking to what kind of what does development look like, you know, whether it can be a writer's room, whether it can be, you know, proof of concept, all of those kinds of things. Uh, the different things that you you personally need to get out of this funding. Exactly. And again, that's project. You tell us what you want to get out of this funding and how you're going to get there. We'll give you the money and a contract and see you in a few months. <laughs> Great. Don't mess it up. No. <laughs> All righty. Well, I thank you so much, Lee. Thank you, everyone, for the questions as well coming through. We're, we're really awesome. Alex, do you do you need to come back in and say anything? Well, to I just want to say thank you to Jane and to Lee because this has been um, a wonderfully informative discussion and uh, you brought your expertise. So, you know, we're very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. So I just want to reassure everyone this is being recorded. It's going to be a podcast hopefully in the next week or so. So you can go in and listen to it again. Great. But I do want to thank you, um, both of you. You're busy. And this has been a terrific hour. Thank you so much. And I just want to say thank you so much to Lee um, as well as, a, as, I guess, a spokesperson for Screen Oz, because anytime I've ever chatted with you, it's always been very inviting. And, and it's always seemed like we have the money and we would like to give it to you, you know, so we just want to help you to be able to do that. So, so approach us if, if you need help and have the idea, because that's obviously um, the best outcome for everyone. Thanks, Jane. We are people, we are human and we like to do, like it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, our, it's our job to give money away to people. So, or to, to award grants to people. So yeah, please engage with us and, and, you know, you can, I'll check it in the chat really quickly. It's just online at oh my, screenaustralia.gov.au. That's uh, a general inbox for any online inquiries. Let me spell that screen. Right. Um, so if you do want to reach out and chat about your web series or, or project, uh, please do. Great. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you Thanks so much. What a treat. Thanks Bye. you all. Okay. Bye. Bye, everyone. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.